Podcast, hosted by Sergio Vicente. The Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is a Chicago-based healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. They deliver healthy, organic, custom meals directly to your home or office. For those of you not in Chicago, Sage Eats also offers online fitness mentoring where your personal fitness mentor will send you four weeks worth of workouts that are customized to your body and your goals. Your mentor is available seven days a week to answer questions and offer support. Sign up for Sage Eats at W www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Now here's your host of the FIGHT podcast, Sergio Vicente. Yo, yo, what's going on, good people? And welcome to episode 81 of the FIGHT podcast. I'm your host, Serge Vicente, and we have a great show for you guys today. Before we get to that, The Fight Podcast is brought to each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Remember to follow The Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at The Fight Podcast. Follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show. Check us out on the website, thefightpodcast.com. Subscribe, listen, rate, Share. We are currently everywhere podcasts reside. So go ahead, listen up, and let everybody know. Yo, welcome to the show. Um, sorry, it's a little delayed, man. It's been a crazy week. Um, but we've had some interviews, and again, we have a bunch of stuff that we've been working on. And as you guys seen, I'm sure on the on the um on the social media accounts. And not only social media, just in the episodes themselves. We've been doing some stuff, man. We're moving. We're working. Uh, we want to make sure we're bringing you the best possible content that we possibly can. And uh, honestly, the like I said, the, the best information possible as well. So, yo, um, yeah, let's get into it, man. Uh, this week, man, it's been good, man. It's, uh, yo, the Chicago weather is bananas. I, I think I talk about it every time I'm on here. Um we literally went from negative 50 to positive 50 to negative 10 to 30 down to negative 15 back up to like 40 down to 10. And now we're somewhere in the 20s. So it's been a crazy couple, a uh, couple of weeks here in the city. Um, but, uh, yo, it is what it is. And that's just kind of how we get down here in Chicago. Uh, there's been a lot of great fights, man. A lot of great fights this weekend. Um, look, we had an amazing fight. Well, honestly, a uh, lackluster main event in the Friday Night Bellator card last night. Um, but we also have tonight, we have MVP versus Paul Daly. I'll break that down really quick. Um, and we also tomorrow have the return of Cain Velasquez fighting against Francis Ngannou. All of these fights should be ridiculous. And I'm going to be honest with you, man. The, the Bellator card, now granted... I kind of figured the Friday night card was going to be trash, which eh, it wasn't the greatest. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, But if I look at the Saturday night card, that's as good of that's as good as any UFC card that has been up this year or at least in the last six months, at least. I mean, there's been some solid cards, especially from the beginning of this year. But this Bellator card competes, man. So we'll break that down. Uh, But before we get into that, 
Fight news, man, so much going on. Things have shifted and changed, um, but I definitely want to start off with Robert Whitaker. Um, yes, I have laid into him. Um, I believe and I've said that I think he is injury prone and not only is he injury prone, he needs to be stripped of his title. Um, but regardless, look, man, I definitely want him to be better. I, I think that's something that goes without saying. You never want to see anybody injured. I'm just thinking about the duration of the division and how it's already a log jam as it is. So I'm like, look, man, let's let's not have another situation like we're having at 155 pounds and let's vacate him of the belt. Let in April, Adesanya fight Kelvin Gastelum for the legitimate title. And after that, after he's back, that'll be perfect time. He's ready. He's the number one contender. He's the former champ. And then let him scrap then. I think it's a simple fix to really make everybody happy. But honestly, I I still don't know what's going on. So, but again, I have to double back to um, this week. Again, as we know, he had to pull out of his fight with Kelvin Gassman last weekend because of his collapsed colon or his collapsed bowel and uh, his internal hernia. So um, he was released from the hospital. Um, His manager, Titus Day, says Robert Whitaker was released Tuesday from a Melbourne hospital following his emergency hernia surgery and will be cleared to fly home to Sydney on Monday. So check this out. He is still in Melbourne. He's still there. He's still not even allowed to fly yet because of the pressure and everything. If he flies, that could be bad, especially directly after surgery. So he still is in Melbourne. He can't even get home to this point in time. Um, Look, man, uh, his manager continues on to say the fighter will essentially be limited to walking, just walking from four to six weeks and thereafter should be, be able to resume light training. So that's not even... Think about it. He it's it's almost two months till he can just do anything aside from light walking. I'm not even talking about running. I'm not not even going into training. Just light running. He can't even do that for at least six weeks. And then after that, he can do light training. So we're not even talking about getting into an eight week camp that he's sparring consistently. That he's actually you know really straining his body. So you think about it. That's at least. Okay, look, look, we have two two weeks so he can do nothing but walk, right? Or not two weeks, two months. And let's add another two months of light training. So that's four months as it is. And then add an eight to 12 week camp on top of that. That That's an issue, man. That's That's not going to work. And that is totally why I believe he needs to get stripped of his title. But look, his manager still goes on to say that his fighter will be ready to fight sometime between June and August, hopefully closer to June. Dana White will not strip the belt, but is open to an interim title, and that's via ESPN. Okay, so they say August, June, right? Yes, that's in the, they say more to June. It's going to be closer to August. And again, is he somebody that we can, at this point in time, still have faith in? He has not been able to be healthy in almost two solid years, man. So I don't know. Um, The division has to move on. 
I'm happy he's healthy. I'm happy he's finally getting an opportunity to go home. But look, it, when you when it boils down to it, the champion needs to fight at least twice a year. That belt has not been defended since 2017. I don't know, man. I think it's pretty rough. So um, we'll see what ends up happening with that. But again, it seems like, well, we know how Dana White is. Nobody is going to go ahead and really dictate what happens unless the fans start craving it. If the fans really start craving and getting behind it, then something would change. But um, I don't know, man. That division's interesting right now, though. There's a lot of heavy hitters still there. I mean, Chris Weidman has yet to move up to 205. Um, Luke Rockhold, even though he is, he's open to coming back to buck 85. Yoel's about to fight. Paulo Costa's about to fight. I mean, there's a bunch of people out there that are legitimate at that weight class. So things have to move on, man. So we'll see what ends up happening at some point uh, soon. All right, what else is going on this week? Uh, Cain Velasquez, uh, the former UFC two-time heavyweight champion. Um, he's been in the news recently. And honestly, look, man, he's been talking about John Jones. And Kane says, I think I can beat John Jones. I think I could. I think I'm good enough. John Jones is an amazing athlete. I've watched him in all of his fights. I know what he's capable of. Again, every guy possesses a great challenge. I think he does as well. I think I can beat him. Yeah. That's why I'm in this sport, to fight the best guys, to be the best out there. So to me, it's just go out there, perform, and win. Just take on the best guys. And this is something that, uh, again... Um, former heavyweight champion Cain Velasquez said in his fight before his fight this weekend against Francis Ngannou and that's uh, UFC on ESPN 1 um, look man I think it's interesting I think it is a, a compelling argument a compelling fight um, but I'm be honest with you after he said this I think a lot of us thought that it was just going to go away because it was just kind of a throwaway question. John Jones actually responded today. And he said he didn't. <laughs> and to me, I'm going to be honest with you. I think there's a little bit of a punk move. But you got to at the guy. If you're going to talk to uh, talk about somebody, at least Kane said John by name. But look, man, what can I expect about John Jones? John's never going to take that route. But he did say your confidence is going to have to be on lock in order to beat me, my guy. Can't be talking about I think I can. I feed off of picograms of self-doubt and I can smell it from miles away. And then he put a little lion emoji. For now, let's just focus on the fights ahead of us. My heavyweight days are inevitable. So that was people assume is directed to Cain Velasquez. Um, man, <laughs> I'm not going to lie, man. John Jones is definitely the best when he's the bad guy and he's kind of just being a dick about it. If he embraced that he's just a terrible human being, I think I would legitimately be a bigger fan. But um, to throwing the the picograms in his face uh, and everything, I look, man, kudos to John. I think that's hilarious. Um, how would he do against Cain Velasquez, or how would Cain do against John? I don't know. Um, Cain is a beast uh when it comes to technique and and conditioning um i don't know how john perform at heavyweight i know that when kane is at his best he's the best at heavyweight so 
who knows, man? Only time would tell. Um, I think I'd possibly lean towards John um, just because of his well-roundedness. But I mean, Kane's a complete animal. And you know what? No, I think I'd rock with Kane. I think Kane probably would win that one. I don't know. We'll see if it ever came up. I don't believe it'll actually ever happen. Uh, but if it does, we'll break it <laughs> down uh, a little bit more, man. But um, it's interesting. I mean, that they're fight, they're going at it. I think the 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 factor that Daniel Cormier is about to retire. John Jones needs somebody to go at. He's not getting that at light heavyweight anymore. Anthony Smith, he he's dope. Anthony Smith can absolutely beat John Jones because any man on any given day, that that's what I'm saying. Obviously, we look at the numbers, we look at the stats, we're going to say, ah, probably won't happen. But it's a compelling story. But he doesn't have that same type of heel. He doesn't have that opposition. Daniel Cormier is his opposition, and he might not be able to fight him ever again. So the fact that now he's not only going to Daniel's teammate, he's going to his friend and somebody that Daniel says is the best of the best. It, it's, 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 a, it's a smooth chess move by John. I get it. And this is also a way that he keeps his name in the media. This is another way that he continues stirring up controversy. And this is another way people keep on talking about him. I mean, it is one of those out of, you know, out of sight, out of mind. He's been out of sight for two years now he came back made a splash by beating um um gus alexander gustafson after he was able to defeat him he still pissed hot for pulsing picograms or whatever he ended up after that getting a one day one fight allowance to fight even though he failed the test He's always in the news, man. And, and he's one of those people like a Floyd Mayweather, like a Conor McGregor. No matter how much they mess up, we genuinely want to see what's going to happen. We don't know if it's going to be a train wreck. We don't know if it's going to be something amazing. But for some reason, as a society, we really do gravitate towards these fuckheads. It's nuts. It's really nuts, man. And it's funny, man. This this topic started off about me wanting to break down how Cain Velasquez feels about a potential matchup. But after I put my notes out, John just put that post out. And it was like really like in time. And you think about it, how this dude really is that polarizing of a character. And he's that great. No matter you can't take it's so wild that the quote unquote greatest fighter that we've seen is somebody that you can directly tie to performance drugs. It's crazy, man. I, man, it's it's really, really interesting. And look, for all of us saying, look, you're just being, you know, somebody, oh, you just hating on John and think about think about this. I can be hating on him, whatever. I'll, I'll eat that. But think about this. Both of his brothers, his brothers playing in the NFL, both of his brothers ended up pissing hot for PEDs. Do you think that's a coincidence? Come on, man. Let, let's just be realistic, man. When there's smoke, there's fire. And they didn't even smoke anymore, man. The whole barn is burning down. Let's be, let's be real. So, I don't know, man. Um... 
Dude is a master at what he does, and he keeps us talking about him, man. So kudos to Buddy. Um, moving on, man. I'm gonna start talking about a little bit about some Bellator. Michael Chandler, the lightweight champion, is gonna go ahead and fight against Patricio Pitbull, man. In in a lightweight title fight, Patricio Pitbull is the former 145 pound champion, moving up also to, and he's um he's also been a 55 pound powerhouse. Um, he's moving up, man, and he's about to fight uh, for Bellator 221. And it's supposed to be, when is it? Uh, Bellator 221, when it's supposed to take place. They don't have it taking place yet, but they're saying, look, this is actually a fight between two of probably the most significant fighters in Bellator history. Two guys who have held the belt multiple times. Two guys that have some of the the biggest moments in Bellator history. You have Michael Chandler's so many. I mean, think about Michael Chandler's fights going back and forth with um uh with Eddie Alvarez. Um he he's an absolute monster. He, in my opinion, is one of the best fighters at 155 pounds in the world, regardless of organization. If you put him in the UFC today, he's competing for the title at 55. Not saying he was going to win, but him versus Khabib is a compelling matchup, man. And honestly, this fight between him and Patricky Pipple is very interesting. Both men can crack, and that's something that Pipple definitely has. Somebody with explosive power in his hands and a solid ground game. You have Michael Chandler, though, on the other hand, who, again, somebody else, crazy power. He trains over there down in Florida with Henry Hoof. He has solid fundamentals. Um, he can take a, he can take a beating and get back up and really still compete. He's a grinder. He's a great wrestler. Um, and again, has a great training camp. So that should be a crazy entertaining match. Um, I cannot wait to see it. And Bellator delivers once again, man. You have to give it up to them. Everything from the the big headlining shows to these tournaments. And again, now you're looking at it. Um, Scott Coker is also talking about doing a, a, a 35-pound tournament. Having a 135-pound tournament. Having Ricky Bandejas, Gallagher. You're having um, uh, Caldwell. All of these guys, he said, look, I, the R35 can compete with anybody in the world. And we're going to show that also and do another tournament. That is incredible, man. Bellator, it keeps on delivering. They ended up having the deal recently, like we recently talked about. Um, obviously, with DAZONE, they just signed a deal with Matra, or not should I say Sky Sports in, uh, in England. So the UK now has been able to get these fights live, and they've been able to see it in real time, even though, yes, it's at like four o'clock in the morning or six o'clock in the morning, whatever the case may be. But they're still been able to see those fights when they happen and not on some ridiculous take, uh, um, you know, uh, delay TV delay or whatever you call it. So it, it's super dope. Um, and, you know, you got to love what Bellator is doing. Um, Scott Coker also. And again, they care about their athletes, and this is something else that Scott Coker did recently. Um, Scott Coker said he wouldn't let Vanderlei Silva fight again 
without a, a complete clearance from a brain specialist. Um, at Bellator 215 and 216 Media Day, Bellator President Scott Coker discussed the promotions deal with Sky Sports that I just talked about in the UK, the regularity of Grand Prix tournaments, Talked about that also. Ryan Bader being a double champ. And that's another thing. Really quick. Well, a little quick segue. Um, Ryan Bader's coach, um, one of his trainers, believes that if he fought Daniel Cormier, he would end up being the winner if they fought in a champ champ versus champ champ uh, matchup. Cross promotional cross promotional matchup. Do I believe Ryan Bader legitimately has a chance against Daniel Cormier? Ryan Bader, who took what zero punishment in a grueling tournament heavyweight tournament coming up from a 205 fight and destroying everybody in his path king mo who is a better wrestler knocked him out with one punch matt mitrion somebody who is a better striker he completely dominated him on the ground Verdun, not Verdun, Fedor Milinko, the legend. He went out there and just starched the legend. So you think about Buddy, you think about what he can do, and you say, man, this is by far the best Ryan Bader that we have ever seen. How would he do against Daniel Cormier? And honestly, you know what? He get his ass whooped. <laughs> I mean, I will be honest with you. He has been great. This is the best Ryan Bader that I have ever seen. And you know what? He deserves everything that he's getting. There's levels to this game. And Ryan Bader is not on Daniel Cormier's level. And we're not even going to pretend like he is. I'm not going to play around. And I appreciate his manager and his coach and everybody around him having love and support and believing in him. But come on, man. Really? Daniel Cormier said it best. When he first won his title, he first defeated Anthony Johnson way back when. I think that was what, like UFC 160-something or whatever. The first time he ended up winning his, his, uh, his title. And uh, Ryan Bader was in the building. He was still part of the UFC's promotion. And he's in the press conference. He's yelling. He said, I want that fight with DC. And DC looks over the table and says, I told Dana White, I want the easiest fight in the division. Feed me Ryan Bader. That's how he feels about Ryan Bader, man. So as great as he is, he's an incredible champion. He's going to continue to do amazing things in Bellator. That's not what they want, unfortunately, man. But okay, going back, um, what he was also talking about, talking about... um, Vandalay Silva. Vandalay Silva has continued to get beat up and knocked out. And again, he's one of those guys that has taken so much punishment in his career. He's taken so much punishment in his career that this dude had to have facial reconstructive surgery just so that he can breathe better. And this dude had the doctors make his nose, his nostrils bigger so he can get more air in. He looks like a completely different person from when he first started off. It's crazy. But he's taken so much damage in his career. Scott Coker's like, dude, I care about this dude's well-being and his health and his longevity. Ah, he'd have to pass all kinds of tests because we do not want to see another Chuck Liddell situation. Remember, Golden Boy signed Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz to fight in a trilogy fight for some reason. 
Chuck Liddell went out there and looked like he couldn't beat my little six-year-old cousin. He went out there and got completely beat up. Those kids that whooped Cat Williams' ass a couple years ago that were like in high school, those little high school kids would have murked Chuck Liddell that day. He looked old, he looked slow, and it was really, really sad to see. And honestly, I totally understand Scott Coker when he feels that way about Vandalay Silva. I don't know if we want to put him in that situation, so we kind of stopped him from doing that. So salute to Scott Coker for actually giving a fuck about his fighters, man, actually caring about his people, man. I think that's a huge thing. Um, let's see. We already talked about uh, Bellator and their Sky Sports deal. Um, and again, their first card when getting talking about that will air live. That's today, actually, um, um, with the headlining fight between uh, Paul Semtex Daily and Michael Venom Page. Um, that's incredible, man. So I'm really happy that's happening. Um, and also, um, lastly, last thing I'm going to talk about in fight news for today, Daniel Cormier, <laughs> just talking about Daniel Cormier. Um, he is dealing with injuries and that has pushed his retirement date back. Remember, he said originally he was going to retire in March. He said in March, it's my birthday. I turned 40 and I'm done. I won't fight past 40 years old. That's what I told my family. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, well, we know how fighters are. Yeah, I'm just going to push you back a little bit. I, I, I was hurt. I'm push you back a little bit. So Daniel Cormier again. Daniel, Dana White says that he has three more fights left DC. L- fights left. DC says that that's not fun for him. His injuries have pushed him back more than anything else. He said his thumb is healing up. And if he was available to fight, he would have already fought Stipe. So again, for all the people that said, look, man, he is Daniel Cormier is afraid of Stipe. And that's why he hasn't fought. That's absolutely ridiculous. Anybody who says that and actually believes it, go back and look at this dude's resume. Look who he's fought. He's not afraid of Stipe, somebody that he has knocked out in the very first round of a match they already had. Think about that. He's fought Josh Barnett. He trains daily with Cain Velasquez and Luke Rockhold. He's fought everybody. John Jones twice. Bigfoot Silva. Everybody they've thrown at Anthony Johnson twice. He's not afraid of anybody, man. So get off of that, man. And honestly, grow up. Seriously. That like anybody who thinks that is just ridiculous, man. So um, but that's going to happen, man. And I cannot wait. I uh, cannot wait to see Daniel Cormier um, compete again. I mean, look, man, he, he's one of the greatest of all times. And uh, he's definitely one of my favorites, man. So, um, yo, with that being said, remember, the Fight Podcast is brought to you each week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 15% off your first three months. Remember to follow the Fight Podcast, all social media platforms, at the Fight Podcast. Follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show. Go on the website, thefightpodcast.com. Subscribe, listen, rate, share. We are on all podcasting platforms. All right, welcome back, welcome back. Man, I had to get a little sip of that tea. Uh, <laughs> my parents, man, just got back from, uh, they, they took a two-week trip to China. 
out out the blue, man. They're like, yo, we found a Groupon deal. It was great. 600 bucks round trip. We out. And uh, they ended up, uh, they just got back, brought me back like a super, super dope uh, tea mug. And I feel, I feel like I was compelled to, to drink some tea all day today, man. It's, and when it's cold and nasty like it is out here, man, you do definitely want to go ahead and sip some tea. So shout out to mom and dad for the tea mug. All right, man. Um, this weekend, we've already talked about it, man. There's, there's fights all day, every day, man. And, um, this weekend's full of them. Um, I wanted to break down really quick. So <laughs> last night, Matt Mitrione headlined a card against um, Sergey Karatonov, uh, one of the OGs in the heavyweight division. And the fight finished in 15 seconds of the very first round due to what? A kick to the nuts. Matt Mitrione goes out there, tries to get an inside leg kick and blast Sergey Karatonov with a (laughs) with a nut shot. Um, And think about this. Matt Mitrione is six, six, four, 260 pounds. Used to play D line for the uh, for the New York Giants when the New York Giants won the chip. It's a big man. That was really big kicks, too. Um, dude ended up, I mean, it's ended up being a no contest. Um, I'll break that entire card down a little bit more tomorrow, um, on the next episode. But, um, when I do our fight recap, our weekend recap, um, actually that'll be posted on Monday. So keep your eyes and ears open for that. But, um, look, man, today, um, Actually, Saturday, there is a Bellator 216, and it's headlined by the grudge match by Paul Semtex Daily against Michael Venom Page, man. So I, I really love that fight card. Um, this entire card is stacked. And let me go ahead, and I'm just going to start off with the um, the headliner. So we have... MVP Michael Venom Page versus Paul Daly. Michael Venom Page's record is 13-0. Against Paul Daly with a record of 40, 16, and 2. Michael Venom Page is 6-3. Paul Daly is 5-9. And they're both uh, proud Brits. Um, yo, I can't wait for this fight. I, I think a lot of uh, people are excited about it. There's been a lot of heat. Both men have said they hate each other. They're talking all the trash. And uh, people are looking at the differences in their styles and matchups and everything. A lot of people, and when I say people, I'm talking about casuals and I'm seeing and noticing a lot of mainstream media, is pulling for and they're saying Michael Venom Page should run through Paul Daly. I'm really hesitant to say that. And I'm hesitant to break that down. I'm really hesitant to say that because, and I said this a little earlier in my episode with uh, Brandon this week, Brandon Camille, he comes on, he's one of our boxing analysts, Um, but um, we do a weekly boxing episode where we debate uh, the the greater topics of um, boxing, the sweet science, Uh, but on that episode, I talked about this a little bit. And in boxing, I want to say that I truly believe for the boxing heads out there, this fight is a a shout out. And I see this going down like Prince Nassim against Marco Antonio Brera. And for those of us who remember that fight, it was the Prince Nassim 
was one of the most entertaining, nasty, smooth boxers that you'll ever find. Buddy is was slick, knockout power, was flashy. My man came in with the Superman curl and the skirts and stuff. Yo, total showman. Great for his time. He went out there to fight Marco Antonio Barrera. Technical, hard nose, no nonsense, grinder, right? And everybody leading up to that match believed that Prince Nassim, this is this is gonna be his shot. This is he's gonna beat a name in Barrera and and take on the world. Gonna be the biggest name in boxing. Prince Nassim, a British dude, also. Michael Van Page has a real similar uh, style to dude. What happened in the fight? He went out there and Marco Antonio Barrera beat Prince Nassim down. Kept every time dude was trying to dance, he hit him in the mouth. And um, I, I'm be honest with you, I kind of see that fight going this way. And the reason I say this, and this is no slight to Michael Van Page, because in my personal opinion, this is a pick'em fight. And I understand why the odds makers are giving this matchup to MVP. I get it. I do. But if I was a betting man, which I am, I'm going with Paul Daly. Um, if you ever go back and again, I, I think this matchup could look like again. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take a shout out to my kickboxing heads out there. Nikki Holtzkin against Raymond Daniels. Raymond Daniels says somebody, one of the best kickboxers in the world. He trains up there with George St. Pierre and everybody at TriStar. He is incredible. One of the best American kickboxers out there. Also has a very distinctive karate style like Michael Van Page. He's even, in my opinion, more dangerous than MVP. Nikki Holskin, solid boxing, Dutch kickboxing style. Very similar to Paul Daly. Very similar in style to Paul Daly. What happened? The Dutch style was able to walk down, took a couple big shots early on. High guard, great defense, was able to chop the legs down, stop the dancing, chop the legs down, Land big punches. Chop the legs. Land big punches. If Paul Daly is going to win this fight, that is how he gets it done. He's going to walk him down, keep a high guard, not fall for any of the the tricks and antics and all that, and drive hard, powerful leg kicks. Beat him up to the body. Second, third round, the head will appear, knockout. And people also are looking at this fight who are saying that Michael Venipage is completely going to run through Paul Daly. Fam, put some respect on Paul Daly's name. Seriously. He has been in there with everybody. And the only people that have actually made him look bad are dominant grapplers. Go way back 10 years ago, Josh Koscheck back in the day. Up to now, Rory McDonald. But he's also recently been in there with great strikers in Douglas Lima. Took his best shot, so he's not chinny. You're not just going to knock him out. He was in there with the hardest hitting guy in the division. 
ate his best shots and kept coming. That says a lot, man. That says a lot. So, um, he's been in there with the best of the best. That's why I think experience and solid technical kickboxing is going to get it done. Now, how can Michael Venom Page win? He is one of the best I have ever seen in catching people when they're coming in. Incredible timing, man. Incredible timing. Incredible speed. He's able to change directions on a dime and then explode in and out. Venom is such a perfect nickname for dude. In and out like a snake. Boom, boom. He gets you dancing. He gets you moving. He gets you paying attention to things that don't matter. And then he comes in for the kill. Man, beautiful style to watch. One of my favorites to watch. But the, let the facts know, he's fought a whole bunch of cans. 13 cans. So this is going to be his first test in a, with elite competition. I don't know how he's going to react. I don't. What's going to happen when he throws his best shot and Paul Daly is still there? I think Paul Daly wins, man. So I think it's going to be a great matchup. It's going to be really fun. Um, but I got Paul Daly. All right, next up, another really fun matchup, man. We have the always entertaining and one of my favorites all time, Roy Big Country Nelson, 23 and 16. Um, coming to get up against the legend, K1 legend, kickboxing legend, and also who has fought <laughs> in kickboxing. He actually fought uh, Big Baby Miller, Mirko Krokop, with a record of 36, 11, and 2. Um, one of the, the legends of the sport, OGs of the sport. Um, this is going to be a great fight. Two guys that can dish out the punishment. Two very well-rounded um, uh, guys. Obviously, the if the consensus would say, if it goes to the ground, it goes to Roy Nelson. If it stays up top, it goes to Mirko Krokop. It's not that easy. Both men are actually, and they, they're both, they're two OGs of the game. They've been around way too long. And the fact that they've been around so long, man, um, the only reason I'm going with Mirko Krokop in this one, because over the last couple of years, he has been better. He's been winning more. And last time I saw Roy Nelson, he got KO'd by Sergei Kuratonov in the very first round, which I've never seen. And that kind of worries me going into going going into it against a striker. That's even better than Karatonov. So um, should be still entertaining fight and go either way. But I got Mirko. Uh, next up, we're staying with the heavyweights. Czech Congo, the original big, scary African uh, uh, MMA fighter in the UFC before um, Francis Ngannou. Uh, Czech Congo uh, is back um, and he's fighting the undefeated. Um, and the former champion, Vitaly uh, Mikov. And he's 20-0. That's ridiculous. 20-0 um, against Czech Congo, who is 29-10-2. Oh, man. Okay. I'm torn. I want to say Czech Congo. He's on a seven-fight win streak. He looks great. Oh, man. 
Vitaly's a little younger. Ah, man. I, I, I think Vitaly's going to get him on this one. Um, I think he's a thing's just a little younger. Um, I think he's a little better on the ground. And, man, yeah, yeah, we're going to go with him, unfortunately. But it should be a great fight. And, honestly, I'm not going to be mad if Chicago wins. And whoever wins this um, probably gets a crack at Ryan Bader's heavyweight title. Uh, and then the last one I want to go ahead and break down is... Yaroslav Amzov, um, solid fighter, man. Another dude, 20 and 0. Um, he's from Ukraine, nasty. Fighting against, man, one of, he was great when he was, man. Eric Silva, he was great until USADA kicked in, bro. Uh, and now that he's not in UFC and he's in Bellator, maybe he'll be back. But um, you know what? Forget it. I'm rocking with Eric Silva. Eric Silva, he's not in the UFC. He's probably back on that stuff. Let's go with Eric Silva. He's back in form. Get the W, man. Uh, this fight, this card for Bellator should be fun. Um, and look, a lot of answers are going to take place after tonight, especially when it comes to MVP and Paul Daly. Is MVP who we thought he was? Or is he just Prince Nassim, man? We'll find out. Um, on Sunday night, yeah, I said it. Sunday, the UFC is back. UFC is having ESPN 1. Their first fight card headlined on UFC, and that is headlined by uh, Kane Velasquez and Francis Ngannou. Um, this is going to be fun, man. This is the first time in two years that we see Kane Velasquez. Kane Velasquez, two-time heavyweight champion, one of the greatest, if not the greatest, arguably the greatest heavyweight of all time, man. Um it's going to be fun. It's going to be a great card. And uh, everybody, now, I will say the weigh-ins are crazy. Weigh-ins were today. I was watching the weigh-ins live. And three people, yo. And I hate this. Yo, three individuals ended up missing weight today. That's unacceptable, fam. Like, you cannot have that. This is your job. Um... Jessica Penne, this is, I believe, she ended up missing weight by four pounds. She, so she ended up getting fined 25% of her purse. Um, again, she's fighting uh, Jody Escabel. Um, she weighed in at 118. Um, Henan Barrow also gets fined 25% of his purse. Weighed in, dude, he weighed in at 138. Um as, and then we also had where was the other one? Where was the other one? Do, 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 do. Oh, and uh, Bermudez, uh, he missed weight also, and he missed weight by like a crazy amount. He actually has to forfeit thirty percent of his purse, man. So look, I got no love for you guys missing weight, man. Um, I think that's ridiculous. I know it's difficult, I but it, it's part of the job. Everybody has else has to make it. So kick rock sideways. Uh, all right. Going into it, um, we're going to look at the the matchups. Francis Ngannou came Velasquez. Um, Francis Ngannou weighs in at 258 and just completely shredded, man. Dude is an animal. Um, coming up against Kane Velasquez, who weighed in at 248. And Kane cracked me up, bro. He walks into the scale 
sweatpants, t-shirt, sweatshirt, gym shoes, socks, steps on a scale, doesn't take anything off. It's like, yep, this is my weight. Man, it must be good to be a heavyweight. Um, they're, they're both ready. Co-main event, I can't wait. James Vick versus Paul, versus Paul Felder. Um, 156 for James Vick. Paul Felder, uh, 155.5. That should be a great card. Um, also on this card, you have Courtney Casey versus Cynthia Calvalio. That should be a great one. Um, Alex Caceres versus Chrome Gracie. I'm going to break that one down uh, uh, shortly. Uh, Vicente Luque versus Brian Barbarina. Um, and Andre, Andre Feely versus Miles Jury. And then the prelims on the prelims, the only one I really want to talk about is Jimmy Rivera fighting Al Jermaine Sterling, man. Fire. Complete fire. Complete uh, a great, great uh, event that the UFC has. So let's look at the main event, right? Before I get this main event, let me drink out of my fancy mug. All right. So, um, you pull up the website, bro. These cats ask you, do you want to buy tickets? I'm not in Arizona. All right. So, uh, record wise, we look at these guys, um, look at their skill sets and everything. Very, very different, right? Uh, but what are the odds? Let me see the odds. Betting odds. All right. Oh, I didn't pop up. All right. So matchup is um the unranked. Woof. Cain Velasquez is fighting against the number three rank um Francis Ngannou. Uh, Francis Ngannou is. 12 and 3, but think about this. He's only 1 and 3 in his last four, so keep that in mind. Um, Cain Velasquez is 14 and 2, but he hasn't fought in two years. He took two years off to be the scariest dad in the world, man. So, uh, um, again, two big dudes. Um, what separates the two? We know what Francis Ngannou brings to the table. He is somebody with scary, scary knockout power, man. Um, 67% of his wins are by knockout. Um, he goes out there to hurt you. He doesn't care about the ground game. He's not going to engage in that at all, man. He's going to go out there and throw those hammers that he has. And this is a huge man who can honestly throw with the best of them. Alistair Overeem, K1 Grand Prix champion, heavyweight champion all over the world in multiple organizations. This dude knocked him out with one of the nastiest uppercuts you will ever see. He knocked him out with the same knockout that Craig knocked Debo out with. That's the type of knockout he knocked Buddy out with. It's bananas. Cain Velasquez, on the other hand, is a smaller guy. He's a heavyweight that actually beats you with volume. He just beats people up. Great hands, great tank, one of the one of, if not the best cardio tank in heavyweight history, unless he's fighting in Mexico City. How do I see this fight going? Obviously, people want to think about it like this. If it goes early, it's gonna go for uh, Francis. If it goes late for Kane. I see Kane Velasquez getting a second round TKO. 
I believe Cain Velasquez, even though he's taking two years off, I do believe he's the best heavyweight of all time. Skill-wise, he's the best that I've seen. Yo, his last fight against Travis Brown, he was throwing spinning heel kicks. This is a 240-pound dude who doesn't get tired throwing spinning heel kicks accurately. He's a savage, bro. I think he's going to absolutely run through Francis Ngannou. He's going to put Francis Ngannou in the same space that he was in when he fought against Stipe Miocic. Serge, can he change? Serge, can he get better? Serge, yeah, he can, but will he? No, I doubt it. And now I found out he's not even training here anymore. Francis Ngannou stayed in France and trained there. I'm sorry to say, man, the French are not known for their national wrestling team. You could have got good work out here, but he chose to stay over there. And his honestly, his dedication and everything has been called to question. Serge, he beat a great wrestler last time out. He beat Curtis Blades by knockout. Yeah. Curtis got cocky. Curtis Blades got cocky and he got thumped with a huge overhand. Not taking anything away from Francis. Francis is one of the scariest dudes in the world. Would I get in there with him? Man, hell no. But can he beat Cain Velasquez is the question. I do not believe so. I'm going with Cain on this one, man. Um, great fight weekend, man. So many great cards, man. Um, staying with this, uh, this card, I'm going to go, let's go ahead and bless the, the, the co-main event. The co-main event is James Vick versus Paul Felder. This is going to be a good one, man. Paul, James Vick is just coming off of a loss, only his second loss. He's coming in against Paul Felder. We have not seen in a while. This is number 10 versus number 14. Paul Felder's last fight was last year. He broke his forearm um, in with a spinning back fist against, uh, man, can't think of his name. Had a brain fart. It'll come to me in a second. Um... Yeah, come in a second. My bad. Uh, but um, how do I see this fight going? Two amazing strikers, two very tough, durable guys. I love James Vick being trained. He's a Lord Irving guy. Um, I'm digging that he went ahead and shaved his head because he realized he was losing it. Good for you. Cool look. He's going to lose to Paul Felder. I think Paul Felder... Um, is one of the best guys out there. He is so technically sound and being up there consistently now in Milwaukee with Roof Sport um, and all those boys. Man, I, I like Paul Felder in this one. I think Paul Felder gets it done. Um, all right, next fight up is going to be Alex Caceres, um, Bruce Leroy um, against Crone Gracie. This is Crone Gracie's first fight in the UFC. Serge, who's Crone Gracie? Crone Gracie is the, the son of Hicks and Gracie, one of the greatest fighters of all time, and the grandson of Helio Gracie, the, the man who created Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. 
This dude comes from the OG of OG lineages. Dude is an incredible athlete. He is 4-0. He competed in Ryzen. He, he's fought some... He is a Abu Dhabi uh, jiu-jitsu champion. Dude is a savage, and he trains with the Diaz brothers. He is an absolute beast. But he's fighting against Alex Caceres, 14-11, super well-schooled. He trains down there in Arizona with ben, ben, Benson Henderson and all those guys at the lab. Nasty. Good dude, T. Edwards and all those boys out there. Shout out to T. Edwards, who's been on the Fight Podcast. Um, a lot of great guys come out of that gym. Um, Alex Caceres is somebody with interesting, tricky stand-up. He fights long. Yo, he really fights like his name. He looks like Bruce Leroy from The Last Dragon out there, man. He's moving. He's throwing these interesting shots quick with his hands. You know, he he's flexible. He's fast. Um, and Crone Gracie does. And again, we haven't seen him fight in two years, but he's somebody with solid boxing fundamentals. But I will say this. If this fight. Oh, and check this out. There has not been a Gracie to fight. And, and we all know. I don't care if you are not into MMA. We all know the Gracies. You know, um, they are known throughout, you know, the the jujitsu sphere and, and everything. And um, but listen to this. There has not been a, a Gracie to be in the UFC since 2013. And there has not been a Gracie to win in the UFC since 1994. How bananas is this? The, the Gracie name helped build the UFC. But they have been non-existent for decades. How crazy is that? I believe Chrome Gracie is that guy to be right back in that mix and put greatness back on the Gracie name. I see him going out here. I see it being a tough fight. Alex Caceres is the man. Chrome Gracie wins this fight by submission. I see him getting rear, uh, taking uh, Alex Caceres down, taking his back, and winning by rear naked choke. Next up on the young docket, we have... Visi, uh, vi, how, how am I going to say that wrong? Um, Vicente, Vicente, <laughs> Vicente Luque. Yo, how could I almost not say my own last name? Vicente Luque. Because uh, I was trying to say it all like proper and kind of like American and whatnot. Yo, just say it like it's supposed to be. Vicente. So I had I was trying to say Vicente or whatever. Vincent Luque. No, man. It's Vicente Luque. So Vicente Luque, uh, the silent assassin, is, fry, is fighting Dad Bod Brian Barbarina. Uh, we all remember Dad Bod from beating up on Sage Northcutt when Sage is trying to make his run in the UFC. Um, but he is coming up against uh, Vicente Luque. If you have not seen Luque fight, you need to. Dude is a savage. Um, Brian Barbarino is tough. He's also one of those guys that trains with Alex Caceres and all those boys down in Arizona at the training lab. Again, one of the best gyms in MMA. I got Vicente Luque winning this fight probably by KO. Um, lastly, we have Courtney Casey fighting Cynthia Cavallo at 125. 
Hey, interesting fight. Courtney Casey is always nasty. She is 8-6, and six, and she is always in close fights, man. So she's the number 11 ranked. Cynthia Cavallio is 7-1 against, again, Courtney Casey is 8-6. and six. She's 7-1. She's nasty. I have her winning this fight. I think it's going to be a close fight. I think it's going to be a good matchup. I have Cynthia Cavallio winning this fight, man. Um, Check it out. That's it. That's about all the fights for uh, this weekend. Um, it should be crazy. So check it out. Who do I have? I have in I have uh, Kane Velasquez, Paul Felder, Cynthia Cavallo, Crone Gracie, Vicente Luque on the Sunday night card, and I have I got a uh, Paul Daly. Um, who else? I got Paul Daly. I have uh. Vitaly Minkov, I got Mirko Krokop, um, and I have Eric Silva. We'll see how we do. Um, I'll let you guys know. We'll be right back here um, before you guys know it to do our fight weekend recap. Um, and yo, I am working on some ridiculous interviews. Uh, we just have to finalize a couple different things, and those will be coming at you guys soon. Yo, enjoy the fights this weekend. This is Serge Vicente, the host of the Fight Podcast. You're listening to episode 81. Yo, we're moving right along, man. We're keeping them coming. We're keeping them coming. Uh, like I said, man, this is Serge. Uh, we'll be back soon again with our uh, our weekend recap. The Fight Podcast is brought to you as always by Sage Eats. Um, Sage Eats, we offer healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Uh, sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 15% off your first three months. Remember, follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms. Follow your boy at Serge Vicente as well. Um, and follow us on Twitter at the Serge Vicente. Support us by checking me out on the website, thefightpodcast.com. Thank you guys for listening. I always appreciate the love. Um, and I'll see you next time right here on the Fight Podcast. Peace out. <laughs>